What's up, world? Welcome to the Dig on Doug podcast. I'm your host, Doug, and I'm going to be bringing you episodes all about having fun, real, and deep conversations. So I hope you enjoy, and let's get digging. All right, what's up, y'all? It's another episode of the Dig on Doug podcast, another series in the Black in America series where I talk to friends um, and they share their experience about being Black in America. So we can always have these experiences here so it's not just a summer topic that people want to protest and talk about but you can understand these uh topics and what people are experiencing what we're experiencing all the time and so i have a very good friend with me we we came up through the roots of dvc um we we did some some mad crazy empowerment and and powerful stuff there and she made her way from oakland to alaska which uh, y'all will hear about and everything as well one of the craziest things i remember reading from her uh facebook was there was a moose in her front yard and she did not get to go to work because there was a moose in her front yard so uh my friend deja welcome deja hey doug thank you so much for having me hey everybody and thank you guys so much for listening yeah, no, so super excited to have you here. It's been a minute since we've seen each other and, and touch bases outside of just being on uh, Facebook or whatever. So um, when I thought about these series and everything, you were a person that really came to my mind on just the journey that you have had as a, as a black woman in this country and everything. And so wanted to like just start off with sharing with people who you are, where you're from, and, and who is Deja? <clears throat> well... My name's Deja. Um, I'm from Oakland, California. I um, moved to Pittsburgh, lived out there for a little bit. And then um, seven years ago, I believe, I packed up my stuff and I came on down to Alaska. And I've been <laughs> I've been living in a tundra ever since. It's been a crazy experience, but it's been awesome at the same time. Yeah. So and I'm, one of the things that I always loved about you when I when I first met you was your energy and passion, one to help people, but especially help the culture. And and where does that passion and everything you have for that come from? I'm black, like I'm hella black, Doug, and I love being black <laughs> and I love helping black people. I was raised like that. I was raised yeah. by a lot of black people who show me love and they show me how to love each other what we need to do to care for one another and that's to give each other love. So I've always been very positive and very loving and I've been loving to everybody, not just black people, but Mm -hmm. I really love black people and being around other black people makes me feel happy. So when I'm around someone else who looks like me, the love that I'm going to give them is going to be so contagious. They're not going to know what to do with it. So yeah. That's where it comes from, really, is me growing up around just a lot of love from a lot of Black people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, you you definitely have that vibrant, powerful, contagious energy, again, like for Black people. And, and one of the things I think a lot of people don't understand is, one, yes, there's there's a, there's a superpower in being Black that if you're not Black, you won't understand, as they are even right. a minority. <laughs> But then there's also something in the sense of like you talked about that connectivity to other black people and wanting to help other black people is because we, for the most part, have a universal struggle that we all share. And right. so that that's an automatic thing that we, we connect with. And it's it's a, in a sense of being all connected. And I was just on the phone with my uncle and talking about him and just everything that's going on in the country right now. And it was like, 
with all the stuff that we've gone through, we go through and are going through and we'll go through because we know right. what, even what the future looks like. <laughs> I still wouldn't want to not be black. Right. I would never not want to be black. Being black is beautiful. Like yes. we are the everything. We are the originals. Mm -hmm. We are the blueprint. People want to be us, <laughs> but then they don't want to be us. Yes. So you know what the saying is, everybody want to be a until it's time to be a, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. everybody, as is, as the t-shirt <laughs> says, everybody want to be black until the cops show up. Oh, talk about it. <laughs> so, so, but it's, it's, it's so powerful. So talk about your, your journey in the sense of that being black and everything. And then the way you find your way to Alaska and all the stuff that you're doing out there. And you've always been a community person, even when you were at, when we were at DVC together and when you were home in Oakland and in Pittsburgh, you were already giving back and that continues even in Alaska. But talk about your journey to Alaska. Cause I know some people are gonna listen to this and be like, how the hell she get to Alaska? So right, so, <laughs> well, you know, I moved up here when I was 23. So let's go back a little bit. What brought me here was, you know, Doug, so Doug knows me. So people listening, you guys don't really know my whole backstory, whatever. I had a really like interesting life. I was blind for a long time. I went blind at 17. So I was going through a lot of stuff being young in the Bay Area and not really having any structure. And I was, I felt kind of lost and stuff. And so one day I went to the library at DVC. I opened up an atlas. I closed my eyes, I picked the state, and then I picked the city, and I ended up in Anchorage, Alaska. And I was like, I'm gonna go. <clears throat> and I remember I went to the um, student union at DVC and I told them I was going to Alaska. And they were like, no, you're not. I was like, I'm gonna go. And um, this guy, his name is Sean DeWoody. He told me, he's like, hey, I have a friend who lives out there. I'm gonna call him right now. He called his friend. His friend was like, you should apply to the school. I know some people I can get you in. So I applied to the school and a week later I got in and wow. I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going. And, um, I ended up applying for a whole bunch of scholarships. So I got the Kennedy King scholarship. I got a couple other scholarships from DVC that was able that helped me get up here. So <clears throat> I moved up to Alaska back in 2013. My I'm married now. My husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, he moved up here with me. And I got my BA in sociology up here in Alaska, and I've been <laughs> doing it ever since. I, uh, I'm a community organizer in Fairview. I feed a lot of kids in my community, and I just continue to spread love and my Blackness to everybody, especially to the children, because they need to know somebody who loves themselves. And I could teach mm -hmm. them how to love themselves, too. So I think I got that from Oakland, and I brought that right up here with me. Yeah, so bring bringing Oakland roots to Alaska. Have you have you met anybody else up there at all who ha is from Oakland? I've met two people from Oakland, and one of them is one of my clients at work. <laughs> but that's <laughs> it. I haven't, and he's one of my favorites. So I haven't met too many people that are from Oakland that live out here. Okay, yeah, that that that's a very different spot and everything from there. So. Um, one of the one of the things we've been talking about on these series is the the difference between the dream, like the American dream, and the reality. When when you hear that, what what do, what does that mean to you? The American dream. They tell you everybody go to school. You know you're gonna get a job. You're gonna do this. You're gonna do that. And then 
that's not true. Like, it's not because we're black. You feel me? Like, let me, yeah. let me break it down a little bit. So I went to college, you know, I got my degree in sociology. However, I was in college blind. So not only was I black, but I was disabled. Mm-hmm. So trying to find a job <clears throat> out when I was done with college was extremely hard because I couldn't find nothing. Did nobody want to hire me? I had so many jobs, like literally tell me they were not going to hire me because I couldn't see. I knew all about ADA and they were like, we don't care. Like, we're not about to hire you. There's a certain company. I still got the email they sent me to this day. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, when you can, when you get your site back, make sure you holler at us. I would never holler at them. Okay. Not ever. But, um, I, um, I had to start doing insurance because that was like the only job I could, I ended up getting out of college. So I spent all this money to go to school. And then I'm in like, you know, I end up getting like a very entry level job. But on the other hand, my husband, he's a white man. He's only got a high school diploma. That's it. Mm-hmm. He gets a job and start making way more money than me right off bat, even though I have a degree. Yeah. And that's how I know the American dream and shit. Because if that was the <laughs> point, how how is that possible? You know? Yeah. Like when they see him, they see, okay, well, he has to be qualified. He can do X, Y, and Z. But it's like, I actually have it on paper. I did what y'all told me to do. And you still go and pay me less. Mm-hmm. And so the American dream to me doesn't exist to black people. And I'm, even, I'm not even going to say people of color because there's a big difference between black people and people of color. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the American dream really does exist to black people because we're never free and freedom is a part of that dream. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's real. And so when you got it and so many people follow that path of like, let me, let me go to school. Let me get all this stuff. Let me get these credentials. And, and you still face those walls and you see it just in, in your own home dynamic and everything. And, and that, that has to be a, a lot to work with and to deal with. And, when when do you feel like you you really saw or understood the the difference of what this country does and how it offers people one way and then offers people another way that dream versus that reality when did you really understand that i understood that at a young age i was a little kid and i understood that because <clears throat> when we moved from oakland to pittsburgh i was pretty young you know and I had a lot of white kids at school and their parents got to pick them up from school every day. And I had to get on the bus because yeah. my mama worked two jobs and I would ask the other kids and like some of their mamas didn't even work. They have fathers in a household. I grew up in a single parent household. My mama worked forever, you know, so we barely spent time together. And that's when I knew the dynamic was very different. Mm-hmm. And I was a child and I understood that. So to me, this has been a constant struggle. Yeah. You know, trying to, you know, quote unquote, break the system, try to do something better, try to get that dream. And I don't feel like I'm ever going to get it, you know? And it, that yeah. sounds crazy, but it's like, at this point, I quit fighting for it. I'm like, what is the American dream, really? Like, yeah. what is it? Cause it's it's not my reality, so I can't continue to dream for something that's not reality to me. Yeah. So I have to make my own dream. 
<laughs> yeah, and I mean, I mean, it's, it's making our yeah, like you said, making our own dreams and stuff. And so along this path, what what has been some of the the harshest like facements of like your reality as being a, a black woman in the in this country? One of the harshest realities, and this is um, personal for me, so a lot of people know it and some don't because, you know, it is what it is. But um, I'm in a interracial relationship. My husband is white. We've been together for eight years, you know, and his parents are older white people. They're like in their 70s. Yeah. And when he told them that he was going to marry me, they quit talking to him. Wow. My husband hasn't seen his parents in like almost five years. Wow. Because he decided to marry me. Keep in mind, my husband is 31 years old and I'm 30 and it's 2020. Mm -hmm. And the fact that his mother actually said it's because she's black, that was like, wow. And I was 24 years old. I was young. I was like, wow, this is really real, you know? Yeah. Because you hear about it and you're like, nah, that's no way it could be true because it's like, it can't be that bad. Like, you know, white people just can't be that evil for no reason. <laughs> and then I was like, damn, she hate me for like, mind you, I'm like, I got a college degree already because I got two. So when I met him, I'm like, I got a college degree already. I'm on my grind, you know, I'm, I got a job, you know, I'm doing my thing. And she was like, told him like he could do better and I was like better than what like your son got a high school diploma boo boo I think I could do better like what are we talking about here <laughs> but that's when I really knew I was like wow like things are really horrible and people are just ass backwards yeah. and they just hate me just because I'm black really mm -hmm. and, and there's a lot of things you could dislike me for you could dislike me because I cuss you know you could dislike me because you know, I don't really like chocolate too much, you know, and you could, there's so many things it's like me for, but you're going to dislike me because I'm black. Yeah. That's crazy. And that was when I knew for real, for real, like this racism shit is so deep that they don't even talk to their own child. Okay. Yeah, they don't talk to their own son. They won't, they don't, they won't even see him because he's with me. Wow. And that's how I know it's that deep to the point where they won't even deal with their own kids when they go against the grain. Mm-hmm. And, and, and where, where is his family from? He was raised in California, Devin was, but I think oh. his mom's from Texas or something. Okay. And his dad is from California, but they own... I, I just want to make that clear because, like, people be like, oh, especially people in California be like, oh, that's not here... And everything like nah, is he? It's oh no, it's there. Go to Walnut Creek. It's there. <laughs> because no, the thing is, a lot of white people will say that they're like, oh, you know, I got black friends, or whatever. How often do you bring those black people to your house? Yeah. How often are they interacting? How often are they at your house on Thanksgiving for Christmas with your mima? Okay. How often are you bringing them around mima? You're not, and that's the issue. It's like, yeah, of course it's it's all cool when you when they hanging outside your house. How often are you bringing them in? Yeah. And 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 that's what I need my Caucasian people to understand is how are y'all going to try to help us or or break these bridges between how y'all families think. Mhm. Mm 
but that's gonna be for one of the podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's 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 real. And to think to to ostracize your son because of who he's marrying and 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 no contact for five years. Yeah, like I can't even imagine it. That's like just unfathomable. And 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 how how has that affected you? You know, it used to hurt me a lot, but I have to realize that it's not me. Yeah. It it could have been any black girl he was with. <laughs> but it just happened that he's with a really, really black girl. Like, not only is my skin extremely dark, but so is my attitude. Like, I'm hella black. I wear my black and I'm proud t-shirts. I walk around my African continent earrings on. I be quoting verses at the table they're not ready for. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Because I want you to know I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And it used to really bother me. But I'm like, he's not like that. I can't get mad at him over his family. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to tell him not to deal with his family. I'm like, hey, this is your family. If that's what you want to deal with, that's you. I don't want no part to that. I'm, I support you. Because my whole thing is I don't want us to ever break up and then him not have a family. Yeah. You know, so I'm never going to be like, it's either me or them. Never that. If you want to talk to your mama, talk to your mama. Yeah. I'm not going to talk to your mama, but it's like, <laughs> and he respects my decision in our relationship is very well. We have, um, we have a lot of talks in our house. We have very deep conversations because mm -hmm. my husband is with me. I'm a black woman. We're going to have black children yeah. and he needs to know. What, we're, what I'm going through in order to help me raise the black babies we're going to have in this household. So see, the conversations that happen at our house are very, very deep. See, and, and, and that's vital in the sense of interracial, inter interracial relationships, uh, romantic relationships, marriages, whatever it is, you should be sharing your life and your experiences. So many, So often that doesn't happen because once you can make a understand a person from a humanistic level, right? It, it, it taps into into a deeper thing, and it's 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 more understanding. Like you said, he has to understand that he's raising black kids and what that means, right? Because he can go into the world as as the white man and 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 get what that means. But when you hold your your child arm, there's there's that's a different view that they're getting now. Exactly. A very different view and I'm, I'm like I need you to really understand what you're gonna go through what we're gonna go through as a family before we decide to really go in, all in on the way in this and have children mm-hmm and so like what are just like maybe somebody's listening to this and they're in a interracial relationship what is what is maybe one or two conversations that you have just to like really try to foster that stuff because a lot of people struggle with these conversations and are in these kind of relationships well, things that we talk about, I don't know. It's like, what's on my mind? Because like, I'm always on Twitter a lot. I'm part of Black Twitter. I'll be tweeting and I'll be getting mad. And I'll talk to him because I'll be like, I'll be like, white people make me angry. And he'll be like, I understand. And he'll, he'll tell me, he'll be like, tell me why you, you, you're angry, why white people make you mad. Yeah. And I'll go and I'll tell him why I feel mad. And then like, he'll validate me. He's like, you know what? You're very right there because they make me mad too. But... <laughs> We have more, like, our deep, you know what, hold on, let's go ask, hold on, Doug, if you guys don't mind, we're going to have a, a person join in on this real quick, <laughs> um, 
Hold on one second. Uh, it is it is perfectly fine. This is. We're gonna have him come in on this. Hey, Devin. Yeah. I would like your permission. Would you like to be a part of this podcast real quick and answer a question? Okay, sure. Okay, hold on. Let's. Well, what's the question first? The question well, is: Doug wants to know, as a biracial couple, what are things that, what are conversations that we talk about to help you better understand what is going to be like for, well, what it is for us to be a black family, and if we have black children, you know, how are you going to be able to really understand what they're going through? Okay. Okay, hold on. That's a, that's a lot of questions. Well, he's going to take a little more. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I just, I'm glad I had that preparation. All right. <laughs> w- w- welcome, Devin. Thank you, thank you. Answer oh, the question. Uh, uh, oh, uh, when, whenever you're ready, whenever you are ready, go ahead. Man, okay, so, I mean, I, I still don't know that I'm, prepared like for what it is to actually have a, a whole black family like having a black wife is is a new thing to me I mean not totally new but it's like I said it's something I still don't think I fully understand yeah because I don't I don't I never lived it until I lived with her yeah you know so it's like because that's those are tough conversations that we have had where we talk about well do we even want to bring a child into this world because how are we going to, how are we going to explain like, well, Hey, you know, people that look like your dad do not like people who look like your mom and they kill them. And when you go outside, you, you don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it's a dice roll, right? Yeah. At this, at this point, like, and that's terrifying. Like, like I said, I just, I don't, I don't think I'll ever fully grasp what it means to, to really live that. And that's why we are like, cause we've talked about starting a family and we just, we don't know that that's what we really want to put ourselves through. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely understandable. And, and I appreciate your willingness to come in and talk about that. And I, just one other question. What, what has it been like for you understanding and getting to understand Deja's world as a black woman in this country? Um, it's, I don't know, to be cliche, it's been, it's been a bit of a roller coaster because, I mean, there's, there's times where, like, she shares parts of being, you know, being black and black culture with me where it's really fun. And we get to, we get to have that experience together. And then on the other side, you don't get to, you don't get to enjoy that without having to also go through those tough times where I, I'm sitting next to her and, and I don't, I don't have any words of comfort that I can give as a white man. Like there's just, there's a certain, and that, that is something that, that I had to learn too, is like, there's certain times where she has to, she has to speak with other black people. I can't have that conversation. I just can't, I can love, you know, as much as we love each other and we're going to love each other through anything, there's just certain conversations that I have to understand that I, I had to sit out and, that's a that's a really tough place to be sometimes. Yeah, and, and and I appreciate you sharing that. And your 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 love for her allows you to also sit in that spot. So that's the that's the powerful thing. And I think a lot of people don't understand is don't enjoy the the pleasures of our culture without going through the pain of our culture and trying to at least understand it. And and it you 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 understand that. I can just 
hearing your voice and, and what you're saying, you understand it and you're, and you're there for that. And I would say one of the best things you said out of all of that stuff is it's a roller coaster ride because shit, yeah, it is. <laughs> so thank I mean you. thank you oh yeah for sure thanks for having me yeah you're not going to colonize on our podcast no, today no, buddy no 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 <laughs> I'm just kidding and this is how we talk in our house <laughs> oh man he knows it's all love it's love no, no I know no it, it's a beautiful thing and that's 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 my next question for you is and and I struggle with this and and I know the answer but I always enjoy hearing it from other like our page so often has to come through with humor yeah <laughs> and, and, yeah and yeah and you you've always been a funny person to me I mean we go back you know I I can just send you a text and be like midnight train in Georgia it's trauma Doug <laughs> it's trauma <laughs> I'm traumatized, okay? That's why I'm funny. I be laughing through this damn trauma in my head. I gotta laugh this shit out. Oh my god, it's it it, it is, and and so outside of the the humor and everything, um, how how do you take care of yourself with this? Because even as even as a black man, I still don't fully like like Devin was saying. I will never fully understand the journey of a black woman but i will definitely support it and everything but how do you take care of yourself through this you're 30 years on this planet and you've seen all you've been through a whole bunch of shit. i've been through some shit. i was blind for 10 whole years from 17 to 28 okay well to 27 because i think it doesn't matter it was 10 years it was a long time but um excuse me um i meditate a lot I meditate a lot, a lot, a lot. I'm really into crystals, and I got some really dope homegirls. When I'm feeling a certain way, and I need to go cry, I need to go scream, I can call my homegirls. They'll come pick me up. And the cool thing about living in Alaska, you can go anywhere in this nature. You can just scream. Ain't nobody going to hear you. <laughs> You're going to be totally okay. So I could call up one of my homegirls. They'll come pick me up. And I'll just, like, go scream. Yeah. But what really helps me the most is that if I'm really going through something that's really tough, I can call my grandma. And calling my grandma, she's really going to help me get through certain things, talk through it. And she gives me love and she gives me so much hope because she was able to live through so much stuff. And I'm like, well, if she's able to get through that and go through what she's going through, so can I, I could be a fighter too. So I just never give up. I try to do different little things. I meditate. I play with my crystals. I be with people who love me. I try to surround myself with more positivity than negativity so I can keep a balance. I'm a Libra. So if my scales get off, it can get real bad. So I try to stay as balanced as possible. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's all right. I mean, I've, I've, I, I understand. And so I, I would ask you, like I asked you earlier about like, what's one of the worst experience you experienced as this, what's some of the best things that you just like fucking love about being Deja and being black Deja? me like i love me i love everything about me i'm funny people enjoy me 
and I enjoy other people. So I get a high off of that. Like I love being around people and I just like, I just ooze into them and I just suck up all their love and I just love it. I just, I want more people to like really meet me in person and really just feel the vibration that comes from me. Cause I'm like, I just love people so much. And it's horrible. Like I love people that I even shouldn't. I just love it. (laughs) And I just, I love me and I love blackness and I just love black people. Yeah. And yeah, I don't even know if I answered your question. Hey, no, no, you, you, uh, as, as the famous words of Tara Owens, I love me some meat. I do, I do, I really, I, and that sounds very selfish, but I love me some meat. I have Deja days. Like, who does that? What kind of conceited person? I love me. I hey, love I, me. I used, to, I used to have my Doug days. I know, I know, I know. I, I need time with myself for myself in order to get myself straight. Because yeah. if I'm not right, I can't be good for nobody else. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to get me right in order for me to be good for anybody else. I have to put more energy into myself. So that's what I do. And it helps me, like, really stay great. No, no, nah, that's real. So then I, I'll, I'll twist the question a little bit. What do you love about, wh- what does it mean to you to be Black? What does it mean for me to be Black? What kind of question is that, Doug? What does it mean for me to be black? Hey, I'm working. I'm working on my interview skills. <laughs> what does it mean for me to be black? Or what does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? Blackness is power. Mm-hmm. Blackness is so powerful, and I love it. I love being able to hold this much power. <laughs> I love being able to just walk in a room and people hate me just because I'm black. Like, that's powerful to me. I just I just ruined your whole day with my skin color. Ooh, you weak. Like, I love it. That's power. I love it. Like, being black is hella powerful. Like, we just be running around real life superheroes. Hey, it's real. And I love it. I love being black. It's, it's, it's like you said. Jesus was black. So hello. I love being black. <laughs> it's 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 real. No, I, I, I totally, totally agree with you. And so I I, I have to, I have to I know you get you get you do a lot of stuff and I mean you you inspire me and in just seeing like your Facebook and the stuff that you do and everything and how you help the kids and everything is is so huge. I mean one of the best things I, I know about you um, is, is your heart. I mean, you have an amazing, amazing heart um, to give and to care. And so, and even with that, I know you have your, uh, you got your, your, your magical cookies. Yes, I am a cookie lady. I always wanted to be a baker. And when I got my vision back, I started really um, baking a lot. And in January, I opened up my own little cookie business um dc's magical treats congratulations thank you doug i make all kinds of good stuff and i'll send you a jar this weekend because i have to get some orders out so i will send you some samples to try they're delicious okay i I was looking at the site so if people are interested how can they go about looking into ordering some of those magical cookies yes you can find me on facebook at dc's magical treats you can find me on instagram 
DC Magical Treats. And you can also um, just Gmail me, send me an email on Gmail, and it will be dcmagicaltreats at gmail.com. And go ahead and I can get you an order right off the back. I ship everywhere in the United States. Um, $25 a jar, $5 plus shipping. You get it oven fresh. It's amazing. I use uh, mason jars to bottle up my cookies because I'm all about recycle, reduce, reuse. You know, we can always reuse something and I use mason jars so that we do no waste. So yeah. make sure to holler at me and buy some cookies, guys. Get, get some cookies. I'm telling you, they're flying off, they flying off the, the, the counter, I guess. Not the shelf exactly, but the, the counter. <laughs> they're flying off the counter. But Doug, real quick, before we like um, end this, I just want to bring awareness to something, please. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So I live in Alaska. I live in Anchorage, Alaska. I've been living here for seven years now. And I really want to bring attention to our native Alaskan population and how they're affected by police brutality too. Like they are very, very heavily impacted by police brutality here in Alaska. Black people are a small, small percent. Like we're almost non-existent here. Mm. And a lot of our jails here are filled with native Alaskans. They're a big population of our homeless community and this is their state. And I really want people in the lower 48, as we call you guys in the States, to understand what's going on here with our native Alaskan population. A lot of indigenous women are coming up missing. There's not a lot of reports about them. All we do is get it on Facebook. Our government isn't taking it very seriously. And I really want people to understand what's happening out here and to do some research. Alaska is a part of the United States and a lot of our indigenous population are being affected by alcoholism, police brutality, and a lot of women are coming up missing. So if anybody out there wants to learn more, please go on Google, do some research, hit me up, let me give you some research, but we really do need to bring awareness to what's affecting our native Alaskan brothers and sisters. No, no, definitely for that. I'm all, I'm all for awareness. And the thing is, we never know what other people are going through, but we should always be there to support. Right. And, and no matter what this is, because we're all human at the end of the day, even if you want to look at this, 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 the flesh is only as, as is, is thin, but that human heart is where we should be connecting at, at a real heart level. Right. Condition. So definitely finding more information and, and please uh, definitely send me information so I can share that and everything as well on my page. And I'll be a, a voice for that and everything as well and, and connect folks with that. I, I really appreciate a, that information, um, Deja, very much. And so as we get ready to wrap up, I just wanted to say any other words of advice, encouragement, of humor, if you got a joke you want to end with, uh, whatever it <laughs> no, you know, is. I just want to tell the Black young girls who are watching this, especially the Black disabled girls who are listening to what we're talking about right now, I want you to know that you can be whatever you want to be in life. You're going to go through some ups and downs, but I promise you there is going to be a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow for you. You just have to believe in yourself and anything you want, I promise you, you can have. They told me I couldn't be where I am right now too, and I made it through that. And I promise you, young black girl, you are going to be great. 
you are going to be loved and you can do whatever you put your mind to. Don't let nobody tell you you can't because I believe in you and I love you. And that's I love what you I want to say. I say, I say, <laughs> So no, no, that's that's real. And and like she said, I, I saw Deja. Deja was and is still like a beast. When I saw her on, on the campus um, with with everything, the disability and everything she was going with, she still pushed through and, and made it and is doing what she want now and, and pushing forward and the sky's is the limit for her. Like I, this is just a stop where she's at right now because there's, there's so much more ahead. And so definitely with that, you are loved, you are cared for, we love you even if we never meet you. Yes. And I, and I want you to know that there there's there's roots that that we really tap into and we're we're all connected with it. And so with that said, Deja, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for the the special guest. Um Devin. <laughs> Devin, Doug and Deja. Look at that. Right, the triple Ds. <laughs> Let me just fix that because Deja, Doug, and Devin. I put the, I put the white guy first. I don't want nobody to be listening. Oh, he's the white guy first. Like, yeah, colonized on our show already. I told you. Stay me on it. Look at that. He just, he just brainwashed me like that quick. <laughs> Thank you so much, Doug, for letting me be a part of this. This was so much fun. Oh, yes. No, it was so great. And so, uh, the people, again, um, check out uh deja on, on facebook and get those cookies i'll tag that on my my facebook post on this or my instagram post as well and um man deja so great and just continue to keep up the great work that you're doing up there thank you so much doug and you too you stay my dougie fresh <laughs> always <laughs> <laughs> oh man This has been another episode of Dig Undug. I really hope you got something out of this. And if you did, go ahead and make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a comment below. I want to hear from you. Also, you can reach me on Instagram at digundug or email me at digundug at gmail.com. Share this with your family, friends, co-workers, and your squad. I look forward to your comments. And with that, keep digging, y'all. Peace out.